Joshua chapter 8, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai, and his people, and his city, and his land. Joshua could have saved himself a little bit of trouble if he had asked the Lord first if they should go into Ai. Because he didn't ask the Lord, he didn't know that the Lord would not be with them because of Achan's sin. But now that Achan has passed away, there is no sin in Israel, and God is going to be with them and give them I. And because of this, King David in the future, he will make a habit, and so will Joshua in the future, of asking the Lord each time, can we go into this city? Because kings don't know everything. And so David would think, you know, if God has anything against us, he won't let us win. So he would actually ask God ahead of time, are we going to win or are we going to lose? What do you want us to do? And then God would tell him whether or not to go and take certain cities and places. So now Joshua is going to adopt this too. At some point, he's going to start asking the Lord ahead of time to avoid any future tragedies. Now that's a good rule for you and I to follow, to avoid tragedy and disappointment in, a in our lives. We need to ask God first before we do things, and that includes ministries. We might get involved in a ministry that the Lord doesn't want us involved in because that ministry isn't really of Him, or it's simply not His plan for us. He wants other people to be in it, but He wants us to do a different thing. Now it's no sin to volunteer. Of course you can volunteer because we have freedom in Christ. But to avoid disappointment and to be more effective in the kingdom, we should ask God first, is this what you want me to do? Because he may have a different task for us that will promote his kingdom better than what the church is asking us to do at that moment. But again, if you do volunteer, that doesn't mean that you're sinning because we have freedom in Christ. Two, and thou shalt do to I and her king as thou didst unto Jericho and her king. Only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof ye shall take for a prey unto yourselves. Set ye an ambush for the city behind it. God is telling him, I does not need to be devoted. They haven't sinned so much that they should be devoted. So you will kill all of the people, but you can keep the cattle and the spoils for yourself, and that's okay. 3. So Joshua arose and all the people of war to go up to Ai. And Joshua chose out 30,000 men, the mighty men of valor, and sent them forth by night. They had originally sent up 3,000, but now they're sending 10 times that amount. Part of that could be because they're going to take spoil and they need a lot of hands to carry the spoil away because they're going to take cattle and everything. 4. And he commanded them, saying, Behold, ye shall lie in ambush against the city, behind the city. Go not very far from the city, but be ye all ready. They're doing an ambush. He wants them to hide in the dark, in the bushes, and wait for their command. 5. And I and all the people that are with me will approach unto the city, and it shall come to pass, when they come out against us, as at the first, that we will flee before them. He's going to have most of the warriors in the back of the city, behind it hiding. And then he and a few men are going to come up in the front and act like they're going to battle. And then as soon as the men of Ai come out, they're going to run as if they're afraid. The men of Ai will think, oh, we got him again. And that will cause all the warriors of Ai to leave the city empty so that the city will be defenseless. 6. And they will come out after us till we have drawn them away from the city, for they will say, they flee before us as at the first, so we will flee before them. So he's saying, we're going to run far enough to get them really far away from the city so that they can't return quickly. 7. And ye shall rise up from the ambush and take possession of the city, for the Lord your God will deliver it into your hand. 
8. And it shall be, when ye have seized upon the city, that ye shall set the city on fire, according to the word of the Lord shall ye do. See, I have commanded you. 9. And Joshua sent them forth, and they went to the ambushment, and abode between Bethel and Ai, on the west side of Ai. But Joshua lodged that night among the people. 10. And Joshua rose up early in the morning, and numbered the people, and went up, he and the elders of Israel, before the people of Ai. 11. And all the people, even the men of war that were with him, went up, and drew nigh, and came before the city, and pitched on the north side of Ai. Now there was a valley between him and Ai. He put men to the south of the city, hiding overnight. And then he went back to the Israelite camp. And then he came out of the Israelite camp in the morning when it's daylight, when the watchers of Ai would be able to see, because he wants them to think that the warriors that he brings now are the only warriors. And there's a valley between him and the city. 12. And he took about 5,000 men and set them in ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of Ai. The number of men in ambush are 5,000. 13. So the people set themselves in array, even all the host that was on the north of the city, their rear lying in wait on the west of the city, and Joshua went that night into the midst of the vale. The vale is the valley. Since he took out 30,000 men, it looks like 5,000 of them are in ambush, and the other 25,000 are in the valley, where they can be seen by the people of Ai. 14. And it came to pass, when the king of Ai saw it, that the men of the city hastened and rose up early and went out against Israel to battle, he and all his people at the time appointed in front of the Arabah. But he knew not that there was an ambush against him behind the city. So see, they're all focused on the, what's going on in the front, and they don't realize that people are on the west. 15. And Joshua and all Israel made as if they were beaten before them and fled by the way of the wilderness to make the warriors of Ai think that they're going to win by chasing them into the woods. 16. And all the people that were in Ai were called together to pursue after them, and they pursued after Joshua and were drawn away from the city. 17. And there was not a man left in Ai or Bethel that went not out after Israel, and they left the city open and pursued after Israel. 18. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Stretch out the javelin that is in thy hand toward I, for I will give it into thy hand. And Joshua stretched out the javelin that was in his hand toward the city. This is kind of like when Moses raised his staff over the battle, and as long as he kept his staff raised, the Israelites were winning. But when he got tired and put his arm down, then the Israelites were losing. And now God is saying the same thing to Joshua. Raise your spear in the direction of the city. 19. And the ambush arose quickly out of their place, and they ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand. So it's like telling his own men to fight. 19. And the ambush arose quickly out of their place, and they ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand, and entered into the city, and took it, and they hastened, and set the city on fire. They hastened means they did it quickly, because they want to get the city on fire before the men of Ai return. 20. And when the men of Ai looked behind them, they saw, and behold, the smoke of the city ascended up to heaven, and they had no power to flee this way or that way. And the people that fled to the wilderness turned back upon the pursuers. Now the men of Ai, their hearts have fallen. They've lost their hope because their city is already taken. And they realize that they made a mistake by running into the woods. And now that they've lost heart, the Israelites are turning around and attacking them in the woods. 21. And when Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush had taken the city, and that the smoke of the city ascended, then they turned back and slew the men of Ai. 22. 
and the other came forth out of the city against them. So they were in the midst of Israel, some on this side and some on that side, and they smote them so that they let none of them remain or escape. They killed all the men of Ai because not only did the Israelites in the woods turn around and attack them, but then the ambush, when they were done lighting the city on fire, they came into the woods and attacked them on the other side. 23. And the king of Ai they took alive and brought him to Joshua. And this is customary. You usually capture the king and you don't kill him. You usually just capture him and bring him to your leader. And then your leader decides how to kill him or whether or not to imprison him or whatever. You let the leader decide. And that's why in the game of chess, the king never dies. He just gets captured. 24. And it came to pass, when Israel had made an end of slaying all the inhabitants of Ai in the field, even in the wilderness wherein they pursued them, and they were all fallen by the edge of the sword until they were consumed, that all Israel returned unto Ai and smote it with the edge of the sword. After the city was burning, and they had killed all the warriors in the woods, then they went to the city and they killed. 25. And all that fell that day, both of men and women, were twelve thousand, even all the men of Ai. There was twelve thousand people in the city, and every single one of them died. 26. For Joshua drew not back his hand, wherewith he stretched out the javelin, until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. God and his host of angels were helping them, and as long as that javelin stayed up, they would keep winning the battle. Joshua never let the javelin go down. Now the reason that Moses had to have his arms held up for him was because he was kind of old, and that was a much longer battle. 27. Only the cattle and the spoil of that city Israel took for a prey unto themselves, according unto the word of the Lord which he commanded Joshua. 28. So Joshua burnt Ai and made it a heap forever, even a desolation unto this day. Ai was never rebuilt. 29. And the king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until the eventide. Because remember, a man on a tree is a curse, and you can't leave them at sundown. They have to be taken down. They can't be left on the tree overnight, or that defiles the land. Sundown, which is eventide, that was when they took his corpse down. And of course, they killed him before they hung him. At the going down of the sun, Joshua commanded, and they took his carcass down from the tree and cast it at the entrance of the gate of the city, and raised thereon a great heap of stones unto this day. That would be a memorial of this is what happens to a pagan city. That would be a witness to all the other pagans around. 30. Then Joshua built an altar unto the Lord, the God of Israel, in Mount Ebal. Ebal is the mountain of cursing. Because this city of Ai was cursed, he did his altar on Mount Ebal. Mount Ebal is where the altar was anyway that Moses had made because you have to have a sacrifice to get forgiveness of your sins. And that's also the same mountain where the law was. All of that is required. If you have sin, you have to have a sacrifice for the sin. And the law reveals what sin is. All of that is on Mount Ebal. On Mount Gerizim is the blessing. That's just where Christ is represented. 31. As Moses the servant of the Lord commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of unhewn stones, meaning they're not cut, upon which no man had lifted up any iron, and they offered thereon burnt offerings unto the Lord, and sacrificed peace offerings. 32. And he wrote thereupon the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he wrote before the children of Israel. This is when the law actually got written on those stones. The stones were already there, but they hadn't actually written the law there yet. 33. And all Israel and their elders and officers and their judges stood on this side, 
the ark and on that side before the priests, the Levites, that bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord, as well the stranger as the homeborn, half of them in front of Mount Gerizim and half of them in front of Mount Ebal, as Moses the servant of the Lord had commanded at the first that they should bless the people of Israel. Now they're following Moses' instructions to do this ceremony at Ebal and Gerizim, where they pronounce the curse and the blessing. 34. And afterward he read all the words of the law, the blessing and the curse, according to all that is written in the book of the law. 35. There was not a word of all that Moses commanded, which Joshua read not before all the assembly of Israel, and the women and the little ones and the strangers that walked among them. God had told them that they had to have this ceremony when they entered Canaan, and that every year after this ceremony they had to have the law read to them again, all the way down to the babies. Every single person had to stand and listen. And I don't know how long it took them to read it, if it took a day or a couple of days, I don't know. But they all had to listen to the entire law so that they wouldn't be in the dark and they would know what God required of them. So this is when the ceremony took place. I was kind of wondering when it would. They crossed the Jordan first. Then they conquered Jericho, then they conquered I, and then they had this induction ceremony of God's law and the cursing and the blessing. And that concludes Joshua chapter 8.